From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 598. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How's it going today? Brad, do you have a hot take on the Vision Pro, how it looks on people's faces? <laughs> do you have one? <laughs> I love that you're starting out with this. Um, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I could not care less. About that the is not bursting Pro. my bubble because, like, I don't care if you care. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right? I didn't exactly. Make it. Um, right. I um, care, yeah, and and most of yes. the people in my world care. And I just wondered yes. if you if you had a take. I don't. Um, will there be any like virtual like writing, like handwriting? Like, are you going to be able to like pretend you like have a lightsaber, do Maybe. some like, lightsaber moves, and, and write in your journal? Maybe like, I, I I definitely want to explore this a little bit further, but no, like I, I I actually don't I don't dislike how it looks. Like I think it looks okay. Like for for what it is, like I have no issue with that. I just don't have any use case for it. <clears throat> and, until you that I'm, I know that I know that hmm is like well let me tell you Brad. Um, I am enjoying watching our app developer friends design for it. I am actually okay. enjoying that. Um, I just like that's not a thing that will exist in in my world i'm i'm very happy with that <laughs> it's just it's all i'm thinking about right now my life yeah, is focused yeah. around it uh, yes i can tell so that's just where i am yeah yeah what what are you going to use it for like not to like know, totally man. distract from like literally every other thing like what okay then let me ask, let me ask you this what are you most excited about so what I experienced in June, mm-hmm. the thing that excites me about it is the like using it as a computer. Okay. Because sure. the the kind of window management opportunities that you have, mm-hmm. it's unlike anything else you've experienced before. Yeah. Because it's definitely, I get the future part of it, yeah, right? This is you the You can have these windows that mm-hmm. are just huge, just massive, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can be all around you. So, like, mm-hmm. you could take a window and just, like, put it behind you. And, like, it's always there and you can just go grab mm-hmm. it when you need it. I, I gotcha. like that. There's a tactility to it, which is weird because it's all digital. But it feels yeah. more tactile than any other interface I've used before. But I'm basing this on 30 minutes six months ago. We'll see. Yeah. You know? When I saw all the reviews yesterday, I, I'm, I'm more inter- I'm interested in, like, some of the long-term stuff and see how people are, are well, feeling. Everything is it. just preview right hand. now. There are no reviews. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, well, oh, actually, so the- yeah. The arc, the articles yesterday were preview preview times. Hey, Everybody you get another that posted another something thirty minutes with it got an extra hour under Apple supervision. Okay, gotcha. So like, I expect next week people will have review hardware mm-hmm. because there was a there was a a rumor from Mark Gurman. So it's mostly I think of them as rumors more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Apple was going to do this thing, which it looks like they're doing, doing where like people that they're going to give review hardware to, they're bringing them in. Then a week later, bringing them in again. So like these two separate demos, which I think they're really trying mm-hmm. to make sure everyone understands how to use it. Then they give them their hardware and say, you know, off you go kind of thing. And it looks like that's probably what they're going to do. And then there will be reviews. There'll probably be reviews the week it comes out, but obviously after pre-ordered to like pre-orders on friday but i reckon the reviews will come out on like the end of the january when the device ships on the 2nd of february gotcha that's what i reckon so gonna I'll, happen. 
I'll be here for the handwriting content if and yep. when it happens. It's certainly going to happen. I will do my like, best it seems to like find a, out. It seems like a thing. Yeah. If uh, if I can get one. We'll find out if I can get one on Friday. And then I'm, if I get one on Friday, that means going to America to collect it. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, to keep on the technology front, this mm-hmm. is also not in our notes. Um, did you ever get a remarkable tablet or no? We're like, we talked you about know, this. I've never done it. I've always okay. been interested. Realistically, mm-hmm. and okay, I very rarely feel this way. But with mm-hmm. this one product, I feel this way, which is like, they should want to send me one. <laughs> and that's when I, that's how I want to sure. use it. I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. it's too expensive, I think, for me to just take a lock on. Mm-hmm. But I would like it if Remarkable sent me one for review, but yeah. they have never done that. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do that. The same so as we'll like I would link. very happily take an advertisement from them if they wanted to. Sure. That, you know, I would totally look into it. So, yeah, our friend Joe at the Gentleman Stationer, who you know, yep. um, he's starting to use the Remarkable a little bit. We'll put a link in the show notes to like his yeah, first yeah. review. So he's going to be kind of doing a thing uh, about it. Like it's uh, it's not super compelling for me to like use, but I do think it's an interesting product uh, for people to use. So yeah, I feel like it's a product interested. I could dig, but mm-hmm. I'm it's, it's one of those things where I don't think I would personally use mm-hmm. it enough to justify paying the price for it yeah but yeah. i i would love to try it out and see what i think about it because as right. well like i would want to go the whole hog right keyboard and exactly I do and at that point we're up to getting an ipad in price and i just i don't think i have the use for that myself plus like right. i know some people like um uh, david sparks has bought and returned a remarkable tablet twice <laughs> Because like <laughs> he thinks amazing. he could want it, and yep. then he buys it, and then realizes he doesn't want it, and then six months go by, and it's like the same thing of like it's like oh you know I think I could use, and then he buys it, and he's like unhappy with it, you know, and like that just kind of goes around and around. That's amazing. Well, I think we've I'm talked enough about you've digital never writing. Bought one to be honest. If I journal digitally more mm. and did any type of writing digitally it it would be on my radar like without question i just don't like i've never i my problem with digital journaling is i fidget too much with the settings <laughs> instead of just mm. writing the things oh i can do this you mean i can do this or i can right. shape it like this or i can have a different type of background or i can change my color or i can change my line with oh look at the different tip size oh look at the brush oh look at the Look at the market. Uh, it's like, it's like just pick up the pen with the color and write on the paper. Like yeah, I understand. Speaking yeah. of pens and color and paper and picking <laughs> stuff up, what are you using today? Yeah, so let's get into it. And I wanted to kind of like uh, relate this little what we're using topic into how things are going for me in using fountain pens more in 2024 and thinking about these types of things, thinking about writing. Um I have a lot of notebooks uh, in the air right now, a lot of active notebooks, which I'm shockingly good with. Like I go in and out of, it's been years since I've considered one notebook to rule them all. Like that just does not work. But now I have, let's see, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six notebooks that I kind of keep stacked together because I'm using them for different things. So 
I'll kind of go through the notebooks as I'm talking about some of the pens I'm using because they, I, I guess a couple of them do have jobs and a couple of them are more general, right? Like I have a planner and then like my five-year journal, like I'm counting those things, even though I'm not using those um, like all day, every day, they probably get used every day, but not all day. And like people would think of like a bullet journal or any type of planner, like where, like a day planner type of thing. So uh, let's start with a couple of pens first. So one of the things I mentioned um, in our first episode of the year is I wanted to use fountain pens more this year just because I have so many awesome fountain pens and I love them to death and I love the customization they provide and I love the fun colors and the fun styles and the stories they tell. So I have been, I uh, was talking on Twitch yesterday, you know, what percentage of fountain pen use do I have, you know, out of all pen and writing instrument usage and it's probably no more than 50 or 60 percent which on one hand that's a pretty high percentage but for someone with the quantity and quality of fountain pens that I have I'd say that's probably a low percentage right like I tend to grab like I'm staring at a multi-pen or I'm staring at a ballpoint pen right now. it's one of those things where every time you talk about this I feel like mm-hmm. I don't believe you Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah. you can't be correct in what you're saying. Like that's yeah, it seems very peculiar to me. <clears throat> so that's why I wanted to track what pens I'm using. So I'm going to read you what I've used so far this year. It, it won't take as long as you think it might take. All right. So I've I've I haven't solved the uh, hey how am I going to digitally track this yet? But I've been fine writing things down. So let's go. Uh, and I haven't done the the fountain pen versus uh, standard pen yet. Plus, like I don't. I don't rate how much time I've used one, right? I could use, like yesterday, I used a fountain pen for probably like more than an hour consecutively. That's just one entry, right, in the in the book where something else might have been a shorter thing. So anyway, Pilot Murex, Spoke Roadie, Sharpie Marker, Karen Dash, Keith Herring, 849 Ballpoint, Sailor Mini Mekon Fountain Pen, which we're going to talk about in a minute, CWT Pen Type C, Zodiac Penco Aries, Spoke Model 4, Uni, Uniball Karimoku Multipen, Kurataki Zig Mangaka, uh, that's the marker, Studio Neat Black Steel, Blackwing Eras, uh, that's the pencil, Platinum 3776, Twisby Eco Rose Creme, Uniball 1R, and the Sailor 1911S Tangerine. So let's see here. How many is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I've written down 16 different writing instruments I've used in the first 17 days of the year. Um, I do have little tick marks next to ones I've used multiple times. Like So like my CWT pen type C has a three next to it, right? My Zodiac Penco Aries fountain pen has two next to it. So um, let's see. Out of the 16, how many fountain pens? One two three four five six six fountain pens um and then they've been used you know varying amounts of time so, so i'm you're still not picking doing up very well more. so far then on your, <laughs> on your more fountain but pen. unless i don't know maybe you used one fountain pen this time last year Could yeah so yeah so this was the whole philosophy right of the bigger picture i'm thinking why do I choose the things that I choose to pick up to write with? And what I kind of relayed in um, an issue of Refill recently, my last weekend's issue, it was, last weekend's, yeah. was that the fountain, for me to pick up the fountain pen, it has to have a job. 
right? Like a big job, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to sit with it and use it for a while. If I'm going to scratch out a note, I generally don't pick up a fountain pen. So what I was trying to fix was to allow the fountain pen to be picked up for the quick notes. So I set them up on my desk um, openly instead of tucked away in a case and then having to grab yep. them out when I feel like, oh, it's special fountain pen time um, and trying to keep them more accessible into a, hey, let me grab this to write the thing real quick with, right. um, which I think is an important part of it too. Like it's, it can serve both functions where previously I've limited to limited to the larger function. Oh, fountain pen. And must, I must be doing the important work now, which is just like a ridiculous statement, but that's, that's kind of like the defaults I've fallen into. So let's talk about the specific products. Um, I'm really using a couple of sailors very, very actively right now. The sailor 1911 S Royal Tangerine. So that's the smaller, uh, 1911, um, which I really enjoy as a writing pen. It's just, this would be a good like EDC type of fountain pen, right? I mean, it's obviously pretty expensive for that to just like take out and, you know, knock around with, but it's the right size and shape and quality and nib and all of that. It's got a medium fine uh, gold nib, 14K gold nib. And it and it's it is great. It's just a stock nib. It writes wonderfully. I have it inked up with Sailor Kingdom Note. Um, I call it uh, just Salamander. I, I can't, I don't know the exact name. Uh, pronunciation Hynobius suensis what is this the I don't know the genus species I don't know how all those things work but it's like the scientific name of this salamander it's this orange mm-hmm. it's the orange color that I, I really enjoy so I had a friend send me this said hey this is my favorite ink I'm seeing it, sending it to you right you can just get it at kingdom note like this is a hard ink to find and it's it's one of my favorites I use it a lot so it's kind of a orange ink and a bright orange pen it's a really good fit. Uh, the second Sailor I'm using right now is also orange, and it's literally orange. It's the Tangerine Sailor Pro Gear uh, Mini Mekon is what I call it. Um, it's the the Bungu Box 10th Anniversary Sailor Mini uh, Tangerine, and it's just a really, really fun pen. It has an awesome nib from CY. It's got a stacked cross-concord nib on it, which I love the, the writing point on that makes my handwriting look amazing and it is inked up with Omos Violet which Omos Violet is a longer story like maybe for another episode about using the inks that I own that I haven't used in a long time so I have these bottles I have three bottles of Omos ink and they haven't made ink since Omos existed right so when did they stop existing five six years ago so they made some nice classic inks, and this violet is just a really vibrant purple, um, and it works perfectly in this pen, so I, re- I really like it from that. And I inked up Omas Sepia, which is one that I actually do use frequently. Like, I've never, I don't know that I've ever used the violet, like, in years. The Sepia is something I do use frequently. It's one of my favorite inks, um, and I have that inked up in the Twisby Eco Creme Rose Gold, which I'm really enjoying so far. That's one of the newer Twisby models that I really kind of wanted for myself to just add to the, I really don't have many Twisbys that I've kept over the years. Like I use a lot or I buy a lot to give away. They're just kind of like a really good, uh, great kind of giveaway item, getting people into pens and checking out new fun things, but I don't really keep many of them. So I kept that one for myself, inked it up. Oh, my sepia is working. I'm using the studio neat Mark one in black steel, 
Um, Dan and Tom sent me this when they sent me the keep books, which I'm using the keep book for my journaling RPG game, Dead Ball. So I put a post, uh, I played my first game this weekend. It's kind of a pen and paper dice rolling game and you just uh, play it solo. And I use that. I have a picture in here from uh, Instagram of the mess I made in the notebook, which is great. Like that's exactly what it should be used for, right? Use use that notebook setup to to track these games that I'm playing. So that was fun. We can exp- the more I go th- down that path, you know, we'll maybe revisit that in a couple of months. See how I'm doing with these games. I don't need to do like an update every week on the the RPG solo RPG playing, but it's it's fun, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback on that, and a lot of other people trying things out. Mm. Last pin that I pick up a ton is the CWMP CWNT pin type C <laughs> CWMP um, <laughs> 10 type P <laughs> that's 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 the path I was going before, down but that is a bit of a tongue twister it is it yeah. is <laughs> so that one yeah that one got me stuck but that one I do uh use frequently this this is more of my note-taking pen like I'm literally using it right now for the show notes in my field notes notebook right so that's just kind of the it stays in the field notes and it's kind of got this good porta- portability that I like it's really functional for what I need I wouldn't want to write um like I picked up my um, novel copying project again. Like this is a way to use my fountain pens. This is something I discarded probably like a year or two ago where I, I just kind of stopped doing it. Um, like I wouldn't want to write like pages and pages of A5 uh, writing with this, uh, I almost said it again, PWNC. Wow. <laughs> with this pen type C, but for like a quick note or something like that, it's great. And it's, you know, super portable, super functional. So that's kind of the realm of the most common things that I'm using here recently. I'll add in one more and it's, we don't even have to put it in the show notes, the pilot Murex. Um, that's, I use that a bunch. Uh, I was actually doing, um, my, planning journal my william Hanna, where i've set up the pages for all my projects my project journal i should say so i have a london trip page and i did all the the murex has doing like a bunch of my planning work for that because that's a really good the william Hanna paper is very fountain pen friendly um and i really enjoy using that so that was my trip planning pen so that's kind of what i'm using it's a lot but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like not enough i'm always interested like i'm already i have another stash on my desk Mike, where it's the pending review stash. I have two bottles of ink, a dip pen, and a mechanical pencil that are just sitting here in boxes that are about to go into the rotation. So the next time we do this, we'll see uh, how many things change. You know, a month mm-hmm. from now, I'm gonna have a lot of different things. Uh, hopefully, in the in the rotation, and that's the goal, right? Like to use more of the things, but you have to use the things you currently have. Um, get good use out of them, you know, fill them up with ink and then use all the ink and then clean them and move on to the next one. And that's kind of the, uh, the path I'm on right now. And, uh, it's been fun. I'm really, really trying to use my stuff and like, that's never been a problem, Mm -hmm. but the rotation of stuff has always been like a little bit of a hesitancy for me. Um, making sure I use more things more efficiently. So that's what I'm working on. So, I love to hear that for you. Using your stuff mm-hmm. is good, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm happy that you're like heads down on getting the fountain pen project continuing. Yep. You know. Yep, I haven't sorted out the digital part yet. I'm. Um, we'll we'll oh, okay. we'll talk about that another day. 
Like I, 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 I'm thinking, I don't know if I need it, but I, I'm by August or something, I'm going to go, yeah, I should really be <laughs> tracking this better. So yeah. anyway, I don't want yeah, to digress It's nice to there. write it down because you're writing it down, but the tallying yeah. is complicated. Yes. So the months down the line is where I'm going to want some digital yeah. aspect of this. So right now I'm happy, but like, you know, a few months from now, I'm going to be like, oh, what was I doing? How much is, you know, Again, anyway. like data that's written down like that, that you want to try and extrapolate information from is not super helpful. Mm-hmm. Like it's easier yep. when, when the computer can do it for you. That's what computers yeah. are good at. Like I said, I've got little, little tally marks next to some mm-hmm. of these pens that I've used, right? Like that's not helpful on an anal- in an analog format. I mean, it would be helpful if you had a limited set of pens that you were working with, but you don't. <laughs> right? Do you know me, Mike? Yeah. Do you so know no, who I am? That won't work. Would you like to hear what I'm using? I'm using just I, today. I, as I do. I do because I have a very big comment on the first the first item or right. the first two items here on your list. I'm using uh, the Sailor 1911 Wicked Witch. I think it's officially called the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a beautiful purple fountain pen with like black metal trim. Uh, and I paired that with, I think, the only acceptable ink for this pen, which is P.W. Ackerman 28. Hofquartier Grun. Hofquartier. And it's funny because uh, I put a link in the show notes to your review of P.W. Mm-hmm. Ackerman, where mm-hmm. the pen, which is on the paper, mm-hmm. is the Wicked Witch 1911. So this relates to the comment I wanted to make. If I could make a list of all-time perfect pen and ink pairings of any pen ever and any ink ever, this is in the top five. Yeah. I think it, I, it I'm hard-pressed to even like just look at the pens that I currently own and the inks that I currently own and come up with a more perfect combination than Wicked Witch and Ackerman 28. I think it's, I think it, it's just perfect. Like it, it tells the story of the pen. Uh, the ink complements it while not matching it. It's it's everything for this pen. I don't know what it is that spins me up so much about this pairing, but I really think it's special. And uh, yeah, I, it's perfect. Uh, I'm also using because I like to use two pens when I when I make my notes here, just for the sake mm-hmm. of being able to use more than one pen. Today I picked up the Tactile Turn Eight Bit. Which is one so of their good. special editions, which is a really fun one. Uh, and obviously, I'm taking my notes today on a sidekick notepad because what am I, an animal? Obs. You know? Obs. Um, the Tactile Turn 8 bit. So, Tactile Turn sent me that pen to review. And I loved it, of course. And I gave it away, right? Because I've, I've got plenty of Tactile Turn pens. And, you know, like a lot of times when I get things for free, I, I turn them around and, and spread the love. Mm hmm. That one I actually kind of miss because I saw someone like one of my Instagram friends like a week or two ago posted that as like that was their journaling pen. I was like, that is such a good pen that they it's so simple, but it's executed well. Like that's something I really, really appreciate about that. That texture is really good. Um, I'm a fan. I got the short version here, which in my opinion is the best one um, to use. So, yeah, I'm a big big fan of it. Yep. Yep. So really, really cool pen. That's good stuff. That's a perfect set. Perfect setup, Mike. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet. You should know about Pen Chalet because they have the products you're looking for at the best prices around. 
You're going to find products from your favorite brands like Sailor, like Lamy, like Pilot, like Caveco, Monteverde, and just many more. You just go to the page. If you go to panchalier.com, you click the brands page. That list is ever-growing. I remember when that list was like a fifth of what it is now. You know, mm-hmm. they, That yep. list has gotten bigger and bigger over time because Panchalier is so awesome. They have really great, reliable, fast customer service. They believe in making sure that you are happy, which is why... They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee on their high-quality pens that they offer at low prices. They run special discounts twice a month. They have close-out specials every two weeks as well. They're also always adding new styles of product. Every single month, you can find a new rollerball, a new fountain pen, a new ballpoint, new mechanical pencils, new inks, new accessories, and so much more over at Pen Chalet. They do free shipping on the orders of over $75 in the U.S., and they have great shipping rates for international sales too. I've bought a bunch of stuff from Pen Chalet, and I've always been really happy with the price and the speed of their shipping. So go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer. And to get the code you need to save 10% on any product at any time at Penchalet. Brad, what are you finding on the special deals page of PENADDICT <laughs> listeners this week? I'm finding some fun stories to tell you. First off, comes from the very first pen in the list, the Monteverde Super Black One Touch Stylus Tool Fountain Pen. So I got uh, being the pen guy um, in your in your friend group, uh, you you tend to get asked the questions. People know you're the pen guy, and they may not be pen people. And you know, back in the holiday season, I don't even I might have even told this story before. I can't remember. Um, I got asked, "Hey, Brad, you're the pen guy. My sister." Uh, is a nurse needs a pen with a stylus on it. It's like, what do you recommend? I was like, you know what? I I, I basically replied back with like a I don't know like a three hundred word text, <laughs> and you know of course I listed the uh, the Monteverde One Touch Stylus Tool Fountain Pen is probably the most common, most popular uh, of this type of of pen, and uh, I was basically like uh, my apologies for being me because <laughs> I had to go into the details and all the all the different different types of stylus pens that I would recommend. So uh, that was that was funny, but. Separate from that, this pen is popular because, um, well, this is the fountain pen version of it. So it's the kind with the um, like the the ruler markings on it. They also do a separate version with the rollerball tip that you can put fountain pen ink cartridges on it. So regardless of whether this uh, has a stylus or you need a stylus or not, Very this cool. is a really cool, really cool functional fountain pen. Second one relates to a an Ask TPA question we had last week, Mike about um what pen should we use for our fancy wedding do you recall this question i do and what did we say pelican <laughs> i said pelican yeah, i know i put i like pelicans pelicans like pelicans we said classy we pelicans we said we said without question and definitively pelican you know what mike i got an email uh, from the uh, person who asked the question, and they said you were exactly right, and that's what we got. So they sent Fantastic. me a link to one of the Pelican ballpoints, and it's not this one that's in the pen chalet uh, right now, but they have the Pelican 205 ballpoint pen mm-hmm. for sale right now um, here on our list. Uh, what they did was they bought the 405, the white and gray gold trim, or the white and gray mm-hmm. silver trim ballpoint 
Um, and they were like, you could not have been more right. Thank you for that. So it was uh, very perfect. So yeah, there's lots of cool stuff here on the Penchalet page. When, so, when you uh, click through too, to like, cause mm-hmm. you get, we get like the little like special deals and there are more specials. There are some Pelican fountain pens and stuff like that in that list too. So nice. nice but nice. yeah, the Pelican. Yeah. Spend some time uh, on this page. That was such a great recommendation, by the way, like that I really mm-hmm. want to remember just like in general, Pelican's. They're great pens, but they look really good in yeah. a not too out there kind of way. You know? Yes. Like yes. some of the stuff that we like, it gets a little out there, you know? Sure. But sure, Pelicans, sure. they keep it they keep it classy, you know? Yeah. I was very that. confident in that answer. It doesn't mean it was going to work, but uh, I was glad I got some feedback that, hey, that's exactly what we wanted mm-hmm. and here's what we bought. Perfect. So, yeah, that was sweet. So thanks to Pen Chalet for the support of this episode. Go to P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password Pen Addict and get your eyes on these special deals. Thanks to Pen Chalet. All right, Mike, we've got our shout out of the week. week. Our friends over at the Erasable Podcast. Tim, Johnny, and Andy continue to do a great job for all you leadheads out there. So they just published episode (laughs) 206. Of their podcast, they're talking so about. Right, like, <laughs> so good. I didn't intend that, and as soon as I said it out loud, I was like, "Hmm, like should I like? Then am I saying something questionable?" But no, I think I, I think I, I think it works. What up, um, leadheads? <laughs> it's time for another episode of Erasable. That's how they should start the show, now. <laughs> so uh, they do a great job. They're really great friends of mine, and I know a lot of people are huge fans, but we haven't given them a shout out in a little bit. And if we have new listeners over here, that's a podcast you want to add uh, to your listening queue. They do a great job, and they're always talking about fun stuff. So they're kicking this off. This episode is kind of like their 2024 launch and talking about all the things that they're using and things that they're excited about. So uh, definitely go give them a listen. That hurts. Uh, I've got some follow-up <laughs> for you. All right. So uh, we, were t- we were trying to help uh, a listener last week with finding an option for their um, Midori diary, like the, the B6 thick Midori diary. Right. Helen uh, wrote in to say, to answer the question regarding a cover for the Midori uh, 3 to 5, I think it's year diary, right? Yeah, um, those three year planners, or five year. They're close to B6. One cover that, this is what Helen's saying, one cover that it fits into very well is the Moterm B6 Plus notebook cover. The Midori is narrow, so there is an inch difference between where the pages end and the top of the cover. I see this as a plus because you can fit two pen, two pens in the more elasticated pen loop. Mm-hmm. Joel also yeah, wrote in to cool. say, regarding finding covers for unusually sized notebooks, I highly recommend Gefella, 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 yeah. G-F-E-L-L-E-R. I don't know. Is there a silent letter in there? I don't know. You can provide the measurements and they will make you a high quality leather cover to those specifications. Now that is good, right? Yeah. Bespoke. I've actually, someone, yeah, it's like a bespoke um, case. I've Someone has, yeah, I've definitely seen this name. Someone's used some of their products before. So um, um, it's it's definitely ringing a bell. I've and I've absolutely seen the uh the Moterm cases be recommended before, so that's maybe something to check out as well. But yeah, looks what very, very cool. What I would say like about the the Gefella one though, like just looking at their website, mm-hmm. it's a very particular style that you would have yeah. to like, which is that like unapologetically leather style. Yeah, it's Filson. If yeah. you're familiar with the brand Filson, yeah. like you see that from a mile away, you go, oh, that's a Filson. And if yeah. it's not, it's someone trying to be a Filson. 
All right, so you sent me a YouTube video <laughs> to something I just straight up don't understand. So can you enlighten, like, do you have any more information than just this video? <laughs> Other than I love it. Um, so Mean Girls is the hot new movie out right mm-hmm. now. And someone asked me, I of course seen like the Mean Girls coming out, you know, whatever, like the different marketing things coming out. And someone was like, well, did you see Pilot's uh, commercial for that? And I, I thought it was just almost like um, um, not directly involved, just, hey, you know, what about like, you know, if you're a fan of the Mean Girls, maybe you like these G2s or whatever. But no, they're like integrated and involved um, as a direct marketing um, ad with uh, the Mean Girls movie. And they're using the Pilot G2 <laughs> to write in their burn books <laughs> for the Mean Girls. So they're using the black and the pink G2s. There is actually a complete Mean Girls G2 set. I thought I'd put the link in here, but yeah, I this forgot Yeah, this is it. a full-on collab. So like this it's, ad that they've put together, it doesn't mm-hmm. feature anything. Like it's just right. like clips from the movie. But mm-hmm. there is a scene in the movie... Like they're also like you know it looks like Pilot have made their own interstitials right where they're writing in yes. a burn book and that's yeah, Pilot yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that. That's but Pilot, there is the uh, uh, a clip from a scene of kids in a classroom and everyone is using a Pilot. Yes. So so it's a product placement yeah. uh, in product the movie. Product placement. That's the word. That's yeah. The word. So we've talked about this before. This Pilot is very entrenched in Hollywood in a very weird way. Like this, like Pilot shows up yeah and i only see this from like their instagram feeds and i mean like pilot usa um i see it like in their instagram feeds they'll be doing a lot of the award show pre-show swag bags and award show pre-show events i mean they're sending out like influencer boxes of these mean girls too yeah yeah so i don't know i thought it was pretty Uh, funny i kind of want i kind of want the mean girl set like that you know yeah so I I really like the, <laughs> the 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 commercial did have a laugh laugh out loud moment um uh towards the end of the commercial I'll, I'll, I won't spoil that for anyone but we watched this live because I hadn't seen it on Twitch and I about I'm glad I didn't have a drink in my mouth because it was it was hilarious um when they were talking about the French names um and it, it was great so I enjoyed the commercial pilot is very very Hollywood with the G two but they do. Um, they've done a Metropolitan um, promo with uh, different stars before. I think they've done some friction stuff. I know your favorite. They've done some friction with, but it's really they really really push the G two um, in in the Hollywood in the Hollywood scene. So uh, not surprised to see this, and I thought it was kind of cool. I liked it. All some right, kind of stop trying to make something happen, you know. But I don't know what it is. Fetch, fetch. But there's something for G2, though, I mean, right? There's some, oh, okay. some kind of pilot thing here, but I'd stop yeah. trying to make friction happen. And I, I don't know. <laughs> They're never going to stop. Fortunately, just they did. They made it. They happen. are just starting. They are just starting with the friction. Speaking of just starting, Mike, I'm a little bit confused. If you were confused about the Mean Girls Pilot G2 promo, I am confused mm. about the Dominant Industry Alchemist Inc. Kickstarter project. Yeah. So. I'm I'm thoroughly confused here. So this is, um, this is something I just kind of wanted to, to to discuss my confusion here. So I love Dominant Industry as a brand. Um, they make great inks. They make really unique 
inks along with very standard fountain pen inks, right? So when they launched, at least in the U.S., what I saw from them was a handful of fountain pen-friendly standard inks in these really cool bottles, and the inks worked really well. And then separate from that, they did a series of dip nib only inks, but just for like art calligraphy dip nibs, like a lot of pearlescence, a lot of opaque, you know, white and silver and things you're not going to put in a fountain pen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but you're going to get some really cool inks and they were, they've continued to be very popular since, you know, that initial launch, at least here in the U S I don't know how long they were around beforehand, but, um, Dominant has a good standing in like the ink realm. So I found this Kickstarter. I don't know if I saw it on their Instagram or if I got like an email or something about this. And it's for a Kickstarter project called Alchemist Ink. And it's six inks. Um, Two of them are the dip nib variety with a color changing ink, right? Not for fountain pens. Two of the inks are a standard, um, I won't say standard, they're a shimmer ink that they say not to use in fountain pens, but I don't know, they might be okay. And then two of the inks are standard inks. They what say I'm, the glitter inks can be used in a fountain pen. Okay, so I was reading something at the bottom where I thought so it said on their FAQ, not to, like they had a chart. I went there immediately, so their FAQ okay. says... I mean, maybe this has something else on the page, but I went for the FAQ to find the answer to this question because I was like, what mm-hmm. are they telling people that they can and can't right. do with these inks? Right. Uh, it says, color-changing ink can only be used with dip pens and brushes. They cannot be used with a fountain pen. Glitter and standard inks can be used with a fountain pen or dip pen. Okay, because they have a different section here. I'm staring right at it called Caution. Great. Is literally the section is called Caution. Glitter ink, brush, or dip pen. Well, their no FAQ says something different. <laughs> so I would think, like in the past, their their glitter inks have been, um, I believe, fountain pen friendly, but I can't remember. Anyway, the what I'm trying to wrap my head around. Hey, great, inks are cool. I they this is fine. This this lines up with everything that Dominant has done before, right? This is their style. They make some really really wild and crazy inks, and then they also make some basic, you know, load them up in your fountain pen and go to town inks. I just don't understand why they're on Kickstarter. I, I guess is my is where my head goes with this. And there's nothing wrong with it being just like a purely marketing um you know experiment to see, hey, can we get some broader reach for our inks? But I also look at it from a retail perspective and it's like, well, why can't I have these inks? Like you give can I not have these inks? Are you selling them through Kickstarter first? And maybe that's unfair from like a retail perspective, but I'm just trying to like add this up in my head. Like I was, I kept looking for the reason why we're doing this Kickstarter project. And this is a giant scrolling page of information, but nowhere did I find anything interesting about why we're doing this, right? Do we want to bring inks more to the masses? You know, we have a great foundation in the fountain pen and journaling world and art world, and we want to share more, you know, with, you know, a broader, broader thing, which like, I mean, you don't have to have it, but I'm just, I guess I'm just confused. Like that would, this is almost like, just any ink brand just launching their next ink on Kickstarter, which is fine, but you've built this whole 
kind of network of retail shops that support your brand and it feels kind of like you're going around them to launch a new product. I don't know. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just confused. Like this seems like, why don't we just launch this through our giant retailer network? And, you know, February 12th is the launch day for the Alchemist inks and all of your favorite stationary retailers have the products go. I also just like, I have like a fundamental issue with the set that they are offering. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me to sell this product as a six ink set. Like when only two of them can be used in regular fountain pens, like really, why can any of them be used of regular fountain pens? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like we're just making this more confusing than it needs to be by having this like delineation that like, Maybe somewhere between two to four, depending on what part of the page that you read, inks can be used <laughs> with fountain pens. But right. I also just like, I don't really understand the point of the color changing inks because mm-hmm. it's an ink that is one color and then in the sun it changes to a different color. It's like, well, so it's yes. just one color then, right? Like right. They, did, if they didn't give me an indication that there would be variation in it, which I mm-hmm. think there might be, but they didn't say that was the case, right? Like in the imagery on the website and in the video. So it's like right, I don't it's two really, separate states yeah, of the ink. It's either, you know, you put it down and it's red, uh, blue, mm-hmm. and then it goes in the sun and it turns purple. It's like, so what's the point of it then? I, like, I don't you're understand not, why you would want gonna, that. You're not going to leave your journal outside on the street open? And no, so but red? like... My point with is, you. is just like I, I don't I don't you. get something changing color from one state to another state like I- entirely. Like if that's right. what the product does, I don't understand it. Like where mm-hmm. say like a shimmer ink, right? Mm-hmm. Um there is there is just natural variation depending on the amount of ink on the page, depends on yeah. like the color properties. Yeah. Um, it's a constant state of change, yeah. not a forced state of change kind and of thing. And that's weird. Like that's just like a weird thing to do like i don't know what the purpose of that is outside of being like a one-time party trick kind of thing yeah 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 i i you can't buy the ink separately or you can't buy them in twos right there's two like you said two of each that you have to buy all six and it's like well what if i just want the two fountain pen inks i guess i'm just gonna wait and because see like if they for come me to retail later. i would never buy this because i don't use and have no desire to use yeah uh, dip nips right so you know what the 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 coolest thing that they're offering here mm. is they have a glass dip nib pen with just a round tip mm. um that's like 10 like a 10 dollar add on mm-hmm. that's like the coolest thing in this whole thing i was like i want that i want that glass pen <laughs> it's just uh it's just a little it's a, basically an ink tester glass pen it doesn't really have right. like a point you're not really supposed to write with it you're just supposed to do it's, it's basically like your swab nib. yeah it's like yeah. your swabbing tip and it's 10 bucks that's and cool. like that's super cool like i'm down with that so look maybe the there other- is enough of an interest in just this thing as cur- as a curio but like i don't feel like i understand what yeah, the point or maybe, is. yeah, maybe their idea is that this is odd enough for our normal. It's maybe it's too strange for our normal channels, so we'll do it as this bundle thing. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think know what that, that might be the reason they have done it on Kickstarter because it's like mm-hmm. it's too. Maybe look, maybe they went to some retailers and they were like, "We don't want this product," but they wanted to or make we it. Want, or we want four of the six, or we yeah. want two of the six. Yeah but they want to sell them as a six set. Um, completely separate from 
the the dominant question and and why it's here. They do this Kickstarter must allow something different now, which I have never seen, and I think is probably going to cause a problem. And it's been a while since I've run a Kickstarter campaign. If you look at any of the uh, backer tiered levels, mm-hmm. shipping fee will be charged via shipping survey site after the campaign. I have never seen that. You're going to back a campaign. And then your shipping fee is going to be charged later through the survey. So if I pay $135 for this set, later on, I'm going to have to pay $20 more in a separate charge that I'm going to have to actively go in and pay for to receive this. That seems problematic to me just from a a Kickstarter campaign creator aspect. I'm very confused. It's complicated. I mean, I don't disagree with the thinking, right? Right, right. If this is going to take, like, it says June, right? The price mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. shipping in the next six months. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I guess it's a problem, right? That, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that occurs Well, they now. put a, they put flat estimates in here. It's like, so normally, like, any project I've seen is like, hey, shipping is going to be $20 yeah. worldwide. So we're just going to charge you $155 on top of your 135 straight up from the front. I I just haven't seen that before, but apparently I guess that's a thing now that they can do. Oh, so. it's a thing that they've done. Yeah, thing that they've done. Right, so, but I mean, you have to. Yeah. It has to be. Well, yeah, I guess it could be a thing they want. But they have yeah. their shipping fees. Shipping fees are listed here. Shipping to the U.S. ten dollars. Rest of the world twenty dollars. So, and then it says, please note, shipping fees will be charged through a shipping survey site after the campaign. So you're you'll be hit with a separate charge afterwards. So interesting. I I don't just find the whole thing interesting. So it's been a while since I've looked at a Kickstarter project. So I guess this is a. Maybe a normal thing. And, I don't know. Uh, I've never seen it before. Yes. I'm not going to assume it's something that Kickstarter necessarily allows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that Kickstarter do the best job in the world of their actual review process. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. They review, we'll but I mean, we've how many times have we raised products where we're like, "This why yeah. why is this happening?" You know. <laughs> yeah. I just I just can't imagine ever hitting someone with a second charge. Um, so, anyway, I don't think it's, I think it's abnormal. I don't mm-hmm. think it is a bad idea. No, I, yeah. I mean, the more I think about it and you explain it that way, so the timing wise, but the the price is already fixed. The, if the price is already fixed in the campaign, they have listed a fixed price. Yeah. Why I aren't you charging me that? I don't know why they've done that. I wouldn't believe that personally. Right. You just charge me. If you're telling me shipping to the U.S. is $10, charge me $10 right now. Yeah, so that's why, That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I think they've said that. I don't think they know mm-hmm. that, and I think they're going to charge you whatever it costs. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know why they've done both of those things. That, that yeah. doesn't make sense to me. But like yeah. the idea of you'll pay shipping later, I actually think mm-hmm. is something that maybe should be normalized because... I, I don't disagree with that A lot of small companies, they will, you know... Like, the, this just, is one of the things in which a Kickstarter campaign can fall to pieces. I mean, I'm on a <laughs> incredibly long-running Kickstarter yeah. campaign right now where they're oh, having yeah. that problem. Mm-hmm. And they have the product. They can't ship it because they can't afford to ship it. And they don't want to charge people again. So they're trying to like get money together. Just, it's wild. But like... You it, just... You, you have to do better up front. Like I like I have some sympathy, but like man, like you're never gonna sell any product 
like on like when you're making like des- decisions to design a product and build a product that you that you're going to ask people to sign up to be charged twice. It's just not a thing. Yeah, but you know how hard shipping oh, can be and how me. shipping prices can change, right? It's the worst. It's, it's like if you don't the have worst. the money, what do you do? I, you've made mistakes long before that point. Like I, yeah, no, gonna, I agree. With you. Look, I, like, I'm, I'm in agreement <laughs> with you, right? Like that, that things should be run better, especially this campaign that I'm referring to that I'm on, because it right. is not the first time it happened to this exact same company, which is <laughs> the thing that is even more baffling to me. Yeah. But yeah, I understand how someone on Kickstarter now again, like, what is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be my first idea right like that's Mm -hmm. the the platonic idea of a kickstarter campaign i see it could be very simple for someone to not even consider the fact that in a year from now the price of shipping could be twice the price that they thought it was going to be right right and so the idea of that like you pay shipping at the time i think actually makes a lot of sense for a lot of campaigns but i also agree with what you're saying which is it's kind of your responsibility to do that due diligence and mm-hmm. make sure you have money set aside to cover the shortfall if it's going to be one. Because that yeah. is what is realistic in a, a business. But right. Kickstarter is not supposed to be business, right? It's supposed <laughs> to be, I'm trying to start a business and I'm going to learn as I go. So. Which rewinds us back to why does this campaign exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I guess I guess the I guess I guess it boils down to marketing. Like I don't know. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. So which is fine. Like I, I I literally don't have a problem with that. Like if mm-hmm. I wanted all these inks, I would totally back this project. Like I, I have no problem with the project existing. I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like it's it's a little bit of a little bit of a strange one to me. Even yep. though it's like very straightforward. I mean it's very straightforward, but I'm just like, why? <sighs> All right, Mike. <laughs> do we want to do we want to talk about some non Kickstarter shopping um, yes, real quick always. before we wrap this up? I put this in late because I've been meaning to talk about this since the first episode this year. Kind of like what I'm looking forward to product wise for 2024, and obviously I don't know what's being released by like all the major brands and. And, you know, like we just saw the Lamy Safaris last week, you know, of course, I'm going to be interested in what, you know, Pilot's doing and Platinum's doing and Visconti's doing and, you know, all the players, big and small, I'll be obviously interested in what they're doing. But I've had some pins that I'm thinking about this year that I've been thinking about longer um, than just like going into 2024. I've been thinking about some of them for multiple years. So I have three pins that I wanted I that are on my watch list essentially, right? I shouldn't even call it a shopping list. It's on my watch list. The first one is Toma pens, which I have talked about before. We have talked about before years ago, probably on the show or somehow. They are very small Japanese maker that make everything for their pens, including the nibs. Mm. So they have these really gigantic nibs. And they generally, when I first started seeing them, these gigantic nibs fit on these gigantic pens, right? And these are not for me, right? The big, big pen, big nib does not really fit my writing style, right? On top of that, big pen plus big nib equals big price, right? Like very, like at least four figures, like over, well over a thousand, some multiples of that, right? Like just not in my, not in my wheelhouse, 
and then I saw the shorty. <laughs> I saw the I saw the small one. And it still uses the big nib, but it's a much smaller barrel. So I put a link in, Mike. Um, and I've actually gotten to test one of these. And I didn't think I was going to like the nib. I was like, well, this big nib is going to be like flexible and soft. It was kind of firm and like a nail. And now I really want one. <laughs> I don't know how much they cost. I don't know that you can even buy these pens, Mike. It's one of those companies where like, right. like, like yeah. magic happens behind the scenes and pens show up. Like, I don't know. No, but like, I know what you mean. It's like one of those yeah. things where it's like, we make products. You can't yes. buy them. Yes. This exactly. pen, by the way, Brad, it, to me, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Why do you why do you think I like it? It something looks wrong. Like I'm looking <laughs> at this pen and I cannot work out how big it is. It's like an optical illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it looks like the smallest pen in the world. Yeah. Because the fountain pen <laughs> nib is obscenely big. It's one third of the pen, essentially. This is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> but when you post it like a Caveco Sport, like it's like a full size writer. Like so imagine like this is like half the size of their regular pens, right? Like they make eyedropper, like big giant eyedropper, mm -hmm. giant nib pens. Like that is very much not for me. This one though, this <laughs> this one's for me. I don't know if it's if it exists or if it's like vaporware. <laughs> or, or, or these are like AI generated images. Like could I ever mm -hmm. buy one of these? Who knows? But I'm fascinated by this pen. And at, once I got to test one, that's what kind of sealed the deal. It's like, oh, the size is right and the nib is not a noodle. Right, so now I'm in. Now I'm in. Just, just I gotta figure out mm -hmm. like, can I get one and can I afford one? Those are two very important questions <laughs> before we even get there. But hey, we can we can uh, stare at it and uh, and enjoy it, just like uh, the Macar tools. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing uh, pronouncing that right. Um, I've seen these pens for a while. This is a completely different, really unique pen in that these are metal pens with lots of different design elements to them. Like they are very artistically made, I guess. Um, they stand out, right? They're not, um, they take your standard metal barrels and add so much in, in color and shape and effect and just all the design elements that go into these. I've been seeing these for a while. I've gotten to uh, test a couple out at different pin shows. Different uh, users have had them. Um, I've been thinking about one for a while. I don't know if I would get a fountain pen or like a standard pen. Um, I'm, I could be tempted either way. Probably don't need mo both. Like there's, a, I, if I bought a fountain pen, I would want to do it like in person and make sure like the weight and balance is good for me. Right. Because you can get a, a very, uh, large, heavy again, uh, like the Toma, while, while it's large, it's not heavy. This could be large and heavy, which wouldn't fit my writing style. So I'd want to test those out. But a more standard pen uh, could be something that uh, fits my style. But I've been, I've seen these enough and used them enough that I think, oh, this would be something I would enjoy uh, long term. Cool. So that's on the list. Last one is literally on the list because I'm in a queue for getting a custom Scribo pen made. So I'm part of a group buy. Uh, so the model is called the Feel. It's their full size kind of tape pinched in the middle shape um, where we were able to pick out some maker materials. So like um, the rod I was able to pick is from Turnt Pen Co. And it's um, being shipped over to the Scribo factory as part of a group batch construction. Mm -hmm. 
of these pens with this material in that shape. So that should be coming this year. Like these are long processes, right? Like yeah. this was mid last year, knowing when I signed up, like, hey, we're doing a group buy for mid 2024, right? So this is actually one that I have um, have coming uh, soon, but uh, that'll be a fun one to get later in the year. So it's uh that's on the list and that one is is that one's the biggest lock of the list because i'm already part of the uh part of the process of it being made so that's where i'm at that's like the neat unique interesting things that i'm looking for um this year and uh yeah we'll see how my mind changes when i get to my first pin show which will be in a few weeks out in la um what else i'm seeing this year so i really don't have a game plan um, and we'll talk about that more as we get closer to, to the show. So, um, that's going to be the time where a lot of new products are coming out. So we'll, we'll see what's out there on the market. All right. If you would like to send in some feedback, some follow-ups some questions for us for a future episode, go to penaddictfeedback.com and you can send them in there. If you want to find Brad online until next time, go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com. Brad is at penaddict on all of the social medias and you can find them at twitch.tv slash penaddict three times a week. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find my work here at Relay FM and at cortexbrand.com. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their support of this week's episode as we hurtle towards episode 600 of Pen Addict. Uh, until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>